because of his great love for us, God, who was rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through Christ. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So here's what's happened, my friends. We've come from the cupboard in the darkness and the sin and the guilt and the shame and all that muck. And God has brought us here to be his masterpiece. Can we just turn around and look at this masterpiece? This is by our friend, Dr. Wilson. Doctor of all things, Artie. This is a masterpiece. This is something that love has been involved in the making of this. There's been intention with all of this. And this, we don't keep this in the cupboard. Why not? Because it's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. And we want it on display. And that's exactly the same language that God uses over you and me. I don't want you in the cupboard for one moment longer. I didn't, I didn't pay the price. I didn't do all of this to keep you in a cupboard, Chloe. You were not destined for a cupboard living. You were designed, destined and intended to be a masterpiece. His masterpiece. This is not about pursuing or chasing the limelight. This is about accepting that God has a, a plan an intention, a dream, an agenda for you and for me. What a joy, what an honour that you get to be part of this, that I get to be part of this. So would you turn to the person beside you and give them a little nudge, and if you need to, a little squeeze, and just say, you are not designed for the cupboard living. You were designed as God's masterpiece. So, my passage this morning is not what I read. That makes sense. Uh, the passage I'm looking at today is Ephesians chapter 6, and it talks about armour. But we don't really understand the whole context of armour without understanding the context of what Ephesians is all about. I'm really excited for next week. Mr. Graham Wilson is speaking again. He's going to give us an overview uh, of all things Ephesians. It's going to help us understand everything about it. It's going to be amazing and incredible. So today I can just fluff around. But it's also going to inspire us in regards to all things prayer as well. So before rushing ahead, it's interesting in Scripture, because the Bible will often use words, and it looks like these words contradict each other. But actually what it is, is that these different words for different seasons that we find ourselves in. So the Bible will sometimes say, run, walk, be still. 
Be still. Kneel. Bow. But the Bible also talks about the word stand. And this word stand, when we look at Ephesians chapter 6, it's like Paul has got a stutter. It's like this word stand just comes and comes. It's to stand, like we armor up to stand, because we're to stand in Christ, we're to stand. Like he, he just, it's like he's written the word stand 20 times and then put some words around it. Because his whole intention is, it's you are God's masterpiece. You are destined, called, invited, equipped and armored up so we can stand and be God's masterpiece on display as a display of grace. Not boasting as in, look at me, how amazing I am. But we stand there going, only, only, only by the grace of God am I here right now. I cannot explain this in any other way apart from God doing something ridiculously kind in my own life. Because you know me by now, and if you don't, let me tell you, I, if you got to see my heart, in fact, I had this revelation a while ago, that the inside of my heart was totally revealed to everybody around me. It was kind of like this dream vision thing I had. The inside of my heart was revealed, and it was like a, a cartoon moment. Everybody just scarpered from every direction, north, east, south, west. Everybody scarpered. But I knew there was a presence on my right-hand side. And I looked, and I turned, and I, I didn't, he didn't have like a name badge, but I knew it was Jesus. And I was just like, and I didn't even look him in the eye. I remember looking down like, what about you? Like, my insides of my heart have been totally laid bare. What about you? And he just looked. And he's like he said to me, Andy, you have no idea the depth of a level of love I have for you. And he just took a step closer to me. So if I can boast in Jesus Christ about God can take a scumbag like me, and breathe life afresh into me and give me a voice, then friend, you're, you're good to go. I absolutely can say that. If God can do something in my life with the dirt bag that I am, friend, you're good to go. Because you are God's masterpiece. So why do I keep talking about this masterpiece? See, the thing is, when you're up there, you get hit. You become a bit of a target. Because we can say masterpiece, but we can also say target. And this idea about when you do take a stand, oh, the enemy's like, oh, now I can aim at someone. Now I've got better sight. You are now in my sight. And it may not be much encouragement, but I just want to encourage you, if you feel you've been under attack, you feel you've been taking flak, that fiery arrows have been coming at you, I want you to be encouraged by that. Because it means that you've been advancing. It means that you've been moving ahead, stepping forward into what God has for you. See, friends, it is a... Let me just read this quote to you. I love this. Um, this is a, um, a great book by Chris Volatin, 
and Bill Johnson called The Supernatural Ways of Royalty. Discovering your rights and privileges of being a son or daughter of God. I like this. When we feel small and powerless, we tend to dilute the word of God down to something we can accomplish in our own weak state. So we don't feel convicted for not doing what's required of us. Therefore, as we begin to be transformed into a royal priesthood, we need to take a fresh look at scriptures and at these verses. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you, and lo, I am always with you to the end of this age. See, God's call on our life is no small thing. God's call on our life is a call to the impossibility. We cannot do it in our own strength. We need him in every moment, in every sphere of it all. And this idea about being called to stand, um, well, let's, if you've got a Bible there, it's Ephesians chapter 6. Um, quickest way to find Ephesians is just go to the first page, find the content page. If you need Bibles, the lovely Catherine's got some on there. In my Bible, it's page number 881. I don't know what yours would be. But Ephesians chapter 6 says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And Graham's going to pick up the prayer stuff uh, next week. But when we read that passage there, we could take the next four years unpacking this passage here. And today, I'm just uh, just letting you know, we're not going to go through it word by word. But if you are up for a fight, if you are up for seeing the king and the kingdom come in this city and this region, then you need to know this passage inside out. And I'm inviting you, I'm inviting myself as well, to dig into this passage. 
if you're just going to hear somebody speak on it for a few minutes, then you're probably not going to get the wealth of what's in there. So I invite you to study it, to get to grips with it, to wrestle with this passage. Because it's a rich passage. And without understanding this passage, it's like we're going on the battlefield, but naked. And we are going to get hit so quick and taken out of the game before we even get started. The interesting thing about armour is that it all needs to come together. Like just putting the helmet on and leaving your chest open is not enough. That's why Paul says, put it all on. And it's all there for the taking. You don't need to go to a conference to receive another part of it. You don't have to pay an extra amount online to get this extra breastplate. You don't have to attend a series of meetings to get the full kit. It's all yours. It's not one of those magazines. You know those magazines at 99p? And you're like, oh, that's amazing. I can build a warship with this magazine. And it's 99p for the first one. The next one is like 4.99, and then you need 974 later to make it all happen. It's not the case on here. It's all available right now in Jesus Christ. So there's no reason at all why one of us, or any of us, have to leave this room unequipped and unarmored up for the season ahead. And that's where I just had a sense of God saying, this is a moment to get armored up for the season ahead. It breaks my heart when I see people beginning to step out into all that God has for them. And then we just get taken out so quick. I know looking back at my own life, I can see, I can see so easily when I've said, okay, Jesus, I'm serious, I'm for you, I want to step out. And as soon as I do, something will just happen. And often for me, growing up as a young guy, lust would just be that thing. It was just like, I'm, I'm like a man, like a city without a wall. Like I'd be walled up in certain areas, but I'd have this weakness in my life. And as soon as I stood, it's like the enemy would just take my feet. And that's maybe my story, but it's probably not your story. We've all got these different things going on. And what it was, I just wasn't armoured up. I had a weakness, I had a vulnerability. And of course, the enemy's not going to go for the strength, is he? He's like, where's Andy Weak? That's what he's going to go for. So this passage here talks about being fully armoured. I love when he talks about, um, and we will, we'll just talk a little bit about this, but um, I didn't want to spend too much time in this. When it looks at this whole thing of the belted truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the feet, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, all held together, it's the belt of truth. Without a belt of truth, all the other armor just falls off. It just does not come together. So this idea of the belt of truth, without the belt of truth, and I think when he's talking there about truth, he's not just talking about truth-telling. It's not just about being honest. It's about uh, God's word, yes, but it's also about seeing ourselves as God sees us, that we're not in the cupboard anymore, that we've called and we're in Christ. So part of having that belt of truth is like, I am 
belted, I'm standing in the truth of God and how he sees me. And how he sees me is different to how I see myself. And it can be often different to how others see you as well. Now that may be the simplest thing you're going to hear me say today. But this is one of the battles. This is the fiercest, most raging battle we have. This thing of how I see myself to how God sees myself. God sees me. See, in Jesus Christ, God sees me as blameless, as forgiven, as righteous. He sees me as his son. He sees me sinless. He sees me through the eyes of Jesus' righteousness. Absolutely. How I see myself how you see yourself? Is it always in line with God's thinking? And therefore, so I'm hearing this on a Sunday, I'm like, whoa! God's got a plan for me, I'm his chosen one, I'm his favourite one, and blah, 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 and then something will happen and I'll just go into old way of thinking. And what do I do? I just come down See ya. Now you're maybe thinking now that, okay, Andy, you've made the point, that's enough. You can come back out now, it's a bit awkward. But I have a sense that God has been speaking to us about this thing of being in a cupboard. God designed you and his intention for you, his loving intention for you was to be this masterpiece hanging on the wall, a story of grace. But something has happened in your life. You've maybe made choices or choices have been made to you and you don't know when it happened or how it happened or quite why it happened, but you've ended up back in the cupboard. And you pop your head out now and again to say hello, but really... Most of your time, effort, energy, most of your thinking, most of your life is spent in a cupboard. God today is saying, it's time to open the door of that cupboard and step out into the light. The story coming from darkness to light is my story and it's your story. But here's the thing, difference, friends. We're not just going to step back into the light become God's masterpiece and to be taken out straight away by a firing arrow. God wants to be, uh, he wants to armor us up so that we can be strong in the Lord, in his mighty power to take our stand against the struggle, to put on the full armor so that we can stand. See, this passage is very simple. God says, put it all on. Put on all I've given you. Then it talks about the enemy's intentions for us. And then he says again, put on the full armour of God. Then he talks about God's intentions for us. And this is often, I don't know about you, but it's my life story. You know, my intentions, the enemy comes, God restores. But this gap of when the enemy does restore, 
for some of us, it can be decades. And I just want to bring those decades to be a moment today. And there's perhaps people in your life today, right now, and this is not about a Carlisle Vineyard thing, but it's about a relationship with God. People have maybe quit too early. They've given in to the fight. It's maybe people you've known from uni or people that you've known for a time in your life. I would not be offended if you left now to call them or to go and visit them and to say, I think you quit too soon. For some, they didn't quit, but they just felt so embarrassed, so ashamed of this cupboard-type stuff. They don't need any condemnation. They just need some breathe, a breath of grace upon their neck. So there's people in your life, there's people in my life who just need to hear afresh that God is for them. He loves them. And he hasn't called them to a cupboard living, but he's called them into the light. So I could talk about lots of different elements of the armor, but the one thing I wanted to talk a little bit about was this shield of faith. Um, I don't know if it's going to work. Noah found a picture of a shield for me. Did it come up there, our bill? No, maybe not. Oh, friends, what's this? Who thinks it's a shield? Captain America shield? It's kind of like Captain America shield, yeah. Um, I would like to argue and I'm not a big arguer, I'd like to argue that that is not a shield. Can anybody, anybody with me? Does everybody think that's a shield? Sorry? Weapon? Oh, you really like Captain America. Yeah, yeah, it's a weapon. That, it's not what I'm thinking, though. For me, that's not a shield. That is not a shield. That's not a shield. Would you like to know the next part of my argument? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think this is a shield. This looks like an ornament. Look at it. It's perfect. That's been kept behind a glass facade thing. That shield has not seen one moment of action. Has it? Oh, sorry, did I wake her up? Oh. Can you show me the next picture, Abel? It's harder to see. Can we just dim the lights, if that's possible, on the stage so we can see this? I would like to argue and say, that's a shield. That's a shield. See, if your shield is pristine, you've been missing the fight. If your shield is pristine then where have the fiery arrows been going? The Bible talks about these fiery arrows coming at us. Now friends, there's nothing scary about a fiery arrow. It's just a sparkler in the sky. That's all it is. Fiery arrows are just something beautiful. Oh, look at that. That's lovely. There's nothing scary. There's nothing to worry about with fiery arrows. If you're shielded up. Now, if the fiery arrow lands, then you've got trouble. You've seen all the movies. Fiery arrow comes over, 
comes off a shield, no impact. Fiery arrow that lands on those buildings made out of straw, a village is lost. See, when those fiery arrows come at me, and they land in a heart that is dry and like tinder, and it can be dry for a load of different reasons, whether I'm grumpy, whether I'm cross, whether I've allowed bitterness to take hold, whether all the joy has just gone, and I'm not shielded up, those fiery arrows, just like it lands on the building and takes the village, can land in a part of my heart, and the village is gone. I asked Noah yesterday what he had, what he thought Jesus had for us today. And he said, I don't know. And then he said a couple of minutes later, I am, um, I think, um, that there's a finger. You know the finger on your left hand, not your little one, and not the rude one, the one next to it. There's, um, there's something about, I think, God wants to heal that finger. And I said, all right, cool. And my first thought was, oh, it's a physical pain. But as I've thought about it and prayed about it, I think, um, I think there's some people here today, and um, when you look at that finger, you don't see a ring, and your heart breaks every time. And I just have a sense that God is wanting to whisper to you today that he knows your pain, and he knows your heart, and he knows your heartache, and he wants to meet you in that. And he wants to let you know that he knows. I may be wrong in that. But friends, there's a sense also that if you don't go to him with the pain of that finger, that that can also be where the enemy can do the fiery arrows. Now we all have pain in our life that if we don't shield up for, the enemy will come in at that point. He's unfair that way. He's unfair that way. In a fight, in a wrestle, in a boxing ring going on, if someone's injured above the left eye and they're in training, the opponent will not go for the left eye because the fight's completely over. The enemy, he's only got one target. Left eye. That's all he has intended for. So these flaming arrows are nothing but sparklers in the sky. If you are shielded up. So welcome to the fight. The enemy seeks to oppose God, oppose his purposes, and oppose you. In this passage, there's way more going on than meets the eye. There's lots more going on. But our struggle is not against what we see, but what we don't see. I don't understand all that's going on in this region. But I know in the heavenlies, and that's why he then leads into prayer, but that's what's really going on in here. But I think part of this comes down for this. There's jealousy raging over you and your heart. We often talk about God being a jealous God. He is jealous for you. I want to let you know today that the enemy, if you think God's jealous, the enemy, 
He is ferocious in his jealousy for you. See, the thing is, in the cupboard, he had you. He had me. I belonged to him. I was his. And you know what really irks the enemy? I left because of love. Love invited me out of the darkness into the light. Love compelled me. Love lifted me up to where I belong. Love rescued me. Love came to a town. Love came to my heart and invited me out. And the enemy hates that. He hates that. He hates you. And he'll do all that he can to woo and to win you back. So friends, do not be naive. You are God's masterpiece. You are God's craftsmanship. And he hates your guts and he wants you back. So armor up for this season ahead. Shield up for the flaming arrows that will come towards you. See, it's no small thing that we've been called to. We've been appointed to and equipped to destroy the giants and extend the borders of this kingdom, causing heaven to collide with earth. Let me just finish on this. If we are willing to follow the burden in our hearts and take ownership for our community beyond what is expected, God will give us the strategies and strength to see breakthrough happen. The body of Christ is equipped to bring the kingdom of righteousness, peace and joy wherever we go. We have power over the evil prince who keeps people in bondage. We have love that causes people to know they are cared for. We have grace that gives them the power to change. We have mercy that picks them up when they fall. We have courage that stands in the face of violence and brings peace. And we have wisdom that shows people how to live. Most of all, we have an awesome Father who knows how to melt the hearts of his people. We have the answers to the world's problems and the devil's devices. So if you were like me, and done by being taken out of the game before we've even got in. Then today is a new day. The armour is there for the take. The belt of truth. The breastplate of righteousness. And it fits so snug. This armour, it's custom fit. It's Savile Row Taylor quality. There's an armour for you. There's a shield for you for the season ahead. Um.